Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome, kings and queens, to One Sick Beat Podcast. I am your host, One Sick Beat. Here at One Sick Beat, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. Shout out to Earl Stevens, Moscato, and Black Girl Magic Moscato today. The definition of One Sick Beat is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning if you refuse to carry the spirit appropriately. Today, I have a guest named Emma. He is an African-American educated, brother. He's honest. He's direct. Um, he actually was a blessing. I reached out to him and uh, introduced my platform and he was open and willing to embrace me and not only as a businesswoman, but as a friend in the business. Uh, and I appreciate that. So today, welcome Emmett and how are you? I'm blessed. I am so blessed today to have to be on your show. Uh, thank you. It's an honor for you to uh, come on my show. Um, Emmett, how have you been during COVID? How has COVID treated you and are you getting vaccinated? What's been going on in the world? I decided world of you. You know what, being involved with COVID and having an autoimmune disease, of course, trying to be careful is first and priority, right? Making sure I'm masked up, I'm gloved up, but being involved with organizations where we're out there pretty much trying to give back to the community, giving back by feeding the people, providing things for them and doing things. So I've been pretty active during the whole time. And then at the same time, raising lupus awareness uh, and autoimmune awareness to everybody that's out there. That's awesome. How do you feel about the vaccination? Are you getting vaccinated or you're just in between right now? No, I'm kind of in between because for me, it's one of those things where I get vaccinated, I have a chance of waking up and tripping my immune system. That could bring lupus back to me. Where right now I'm such in a cool stage to where I can't have that happen. Or I don't get vaccinated, I get hit with COVID and it kind of does the same thing. So it's kind of like a year and a half going on, you know, I've, I've been cool and I've been keeping myself really cleaned and make sure that I have no type of access to anything that can cause it. So I, I'm, I'm still gonna keep doing what I'm doing. That's good, as long as you're taking care of yourself. Well, today, kicking the clean, um, as we said, Emmett is a lupus warrior. I want to dig into background, uh, if you don't mind. I mean, if you could start me with uh, when you were diagnosed, um, what year, how you were diagnosed, your symptoms, and if you think back now, did you have higher symptoms to this diet before this diagnosis? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And I'm sure that 95 plus percent of the autoimmune community had the same uh, suspect of having these, you know, symptoms prior. Mine actually started back in 1980 as a kid. I had high fevers and a lot of rashes over me to where then they did not know what it was. Then I was such an active kid where all I wanted to do was play, go to school, be with my friends. But my parents took me in because of the high fevers that I was having. Long story short, in that situation, I got diagnosed with unknown fevers and rash of unknown origin. So they didn't know what it was back then. 
over a year and a half is what I dealt with having that. And then it kind of just went away on its own. But now let's fast forward to 15 years later, back in 1995. 1995, I'm a young brother, you know, having a good full-time job, making good money. I only own property, own my car. I have two kids already. So life is going great for me as a young man. And then all of a sudden the symptoms came. Lupus symptoms brings joint pains, fevers, fatigue, still brings a rash, all kinds of other ailments. That's more of the invisible type of illness that people don't see. So here I am looking 100% healthy, but then the pains and the joint problems were so bad, I end up getting hospitalized. Three and a half weeks into the hospital is I was told that as a young black man, for my age, for my ethnicity, and of course, yeah, my gender, I have a rare disease. In 1995, that was rare for a man to have lupus, and that's what I ended up being diagnosed with. So a lot of battles came after that, and we'll go, I'm sure we can go into that. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I just want to point out that he is a strong African-American male lupus warrior, and uh, with this diagnosis, um, what was your mental, how did you take it in? Uh, what was your reaction to that? What was the reaction of around and friends, family, if you had a spouse <laughs> and other at the time, uh, and how did you communicate that to them that of this diagnosis? Because you can say you have it, you know, what was your reaction? Well, first of all, my reaction to myself, from myself, was denial. You're going to tell me, back in 1995, I was told that lupus was a woman's disease, and 10% of men have lupus compared to the 90%. So that's why the diagnosis took so long. So for, for me to be told that, you know, I'm like thinking I'm on top of the world with everything I got back in the day. It's like, how are you gonna tell me that? I'm in denial, that's something's either wrong or I don't have it, or if I do have it, it ain't gonna be a thing. I'm gonna get through it and everything's gonna be fine. So my mental state was pretty much already strong. I was one of the youngest employees at a dealership where I was a service manager. And at that, being black at this company, I was just doing my thing. So I've already had a lot of mental strength with me because of my situations I was in, having my son at 18, my daughter at 22, owning property already. So I was kind of mentally fit, I felt. But to take something like that, to tell you a disease with no cure, that's a whole new ball game now. <laughs> so yes, I did have to kind of put in perspective of what's going on because of this type of disease and what it is. And then of course, the man that I am that us men, one thing about us is that we don't like to show vulnerability. So when, when you come down and stricken me with this autoimmune disease, I'm going to walk around with my head high thinking nothing's wrong in the world. My family's the only one that knew what was going on. I didn't tell my friends right away, only because I was still new to what lupus was. I wasn't educated enough to talk about it and break it down on what exactly lupus was. All I knew was I got it. <laughs> yeah, nobody explained that clearly in my situation. What it, they gave me the diagnosis, but the doctor didn't even sit down with me and break down the disease. Mm -mm. No. And you know what, when, when it came time, when I did get diagnosed in the hospital, uh, I was still there a few weeks after that. Of course I asked, but what is it? Give me some pamphlets. Remember, Google wasn't around in 1995, so I couldn't get on my phone. I couldn't look it up or anything. But the pamphlets that they gave me had illustrations and anatomies of a female because that's all that they attended to was females with lupus. So yeah. that 
to me, it was like, I don't even want to read it. If, if, if it doesn't say anything about men on here, and because I, I refuse to think that this is a woman's disease for me, I refuse that. So I didn't really take the education from the hospital at the time. I just needed them to do what they got to do so I could try to move on with my life and get on. And um, yeah, complications came with it because until I got educated on it, a lot of things kind of fell through the cracks for me and my health. But hey. Now, how was the relationships? Uh, are, I know your kids were younger than mine, so I don't know. Everybody's different that you can carry on with life and they bring it to them later on. Or, uh, like I said, with your family members, how did you go that way? Well, they, for the family, it was pretty much more acceptable, but they also knew the type of guy I was to where, you know what, he'll be fine because that's how I carried myself, you know, he'll be fine. But when it came to personal relationship, when it came to the girl I was at, with at the time, because of the her not getting educated on what was wrong with me and thinking the worst without thinking of me and believing in me, ended up leaving me because of this. And so it was one of those things where, again, to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's just one thing that I'm just gonna have to put to the side because I do got bigger things to think about. It's my health, my job, my kids, my home. I got all that. If somebody doesn't want to stick by my side at this time because I'm sick, then hey, that's it. That's it. The only thing that was, that's right. The only thing that was with me was just to get over everything that came at me, whether it was a loss of a friendship, loss of relationship, loss of, you know, employment, loss of anything, because I, I, again, my whole function was for me to be better, to just win all that back. Not that person, but you know what I mean. Exactly, just to get it back from you and yourself. Just to become a bigger person than what I am and that there's nobody beneath me at all. You know, to learn to become humble because in my status of, you know, being the man that I was, it's it's not that that I looked at myself as being superior. No, it's not that. It's just that I kind of expected people to be responsible for their own selves. But yet, we don't know what's going on with them inside just like the way that I put on the persona that I'm healthy and you ain't got to worry about me, but inside, B, I'm fighting myself. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of a learning lesson to where it's why one of the biggest things that I talk about in my, in my talks and in my lectures is that you just don't judge anybody because you don't know what they're going through. Until you know their story, then you may have an input. That's it, just an input but you still have nothing to say in regards to what that person's going through. So I take life now as just being very humble to accept everybody as they are, to never judge anybody what they're going through because we don't know what got them there. They put on mentally, physical, they've been abused in their past. They carry that weight on their shoulders. So to judge somebody, you're exactly right. Look, I am cover. Uh, what have been your biggest uh, should I say battles with this far as uh, if it could be your walking, your vision, uh, anything? What has been your biggest battle? You feel? You know what? I've it's it's been so up and down because of the different ways that lupus attacked me. Um, kind of like you know, I had a knee replacement, so of course my mobility wasn't the best prior to that, and so I. 
again, I tried to fight it every day of going to work, doing everything I needed to do. Um, kidney failure, I was on dialysis so for over a year. So I, I was confined, you know, more to the house as of opposed to going out, you know, with my boys and doing extra things like that. Nor did I have the energy for that. So I tried to fight through all that as well. And then everything from, you know, from liver disease to lung failure, <clears throat> walking around with oxygen as a young black man, trying to uphold his status, but yet I got an oxygen trailing me because I need it just to survive, just to keep my lungs going. So <clears throat> you have all these challenges and it's always up and down, not primarily one of them that stick out, but what does stick out is that every single fight that I have went through, I came and showed up because I wasn't going to let it, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I had oxygen, but that didn't mean I was going to stay home and not do anything. No, if I needed to go somewhere, I just took it with me. And and same thing with dialysis. Um, I just had to persevere through all of that. So there was a lot of challenges. Don't get me wrong. And this isn't something that I'm saying I walked through it because it's never a walk in the park. It's just remember that saying. It's just that no matter how you fall, what matters is how you get back up. And for me, it was just a lot of tests that I've been through. But getting up to me was the power and the strength of, you know, God and prayers and my family that got me where I'm at today. And that's why I advocate hard for it today. Yes, um, his resilience um, is one of a kind. It takes a strong person, number one, a strong male, a strong black male to speak up and speak out about um, this disease, this chronic disease that uh, so many have. With that being said, something that you birthed that I think is beautiful is called the male lupus warrior. Can you get into it and tell me how your baby was birthed and how you took off running with it? It, you know what, it's it's been 26 years officially since I was diagnosed with it. And lupus finally took me out of work in 2019. Through the whole time I had worked. It's just that the latest diagnosis was a brain issue that this treatment that they're giving me doesn't allow me to work. So they <clears throat> permanently disabled me. So being the active person I am, I needed to do something with my time. I needed to feel how am I going to, you know, put use to my time. Through the years, I've talked about lupus, about what was going on with me, but not anything again to make me feel like I was so vulnerable that it beat me up more than what people saw. I didn't do that. Now that that I have this time now on my hands without work. I decided to, you know, go a different route. So a good friend of mine decided to help me, you know, or kind of put into my head, why don't you advocate for something that you've been doing? And so I decided, you know, let me go ahead and do that. So from that point, I remember sitting down and how do I want to do this? I wanted to, to bring up a company that has to do with lupus awareness advocating for, but the biggest important part of it, I want people to know that it's coming from a man from that small from that small 10% of patients that have lupus i want people to know it's coming from a man so the name that i came up with had to do of course male lupus warriors so being that i'm a lupus warrior being that i'm a male when people hear that of course they're going to know it's coming from a man with 26 years of experience of having lupus from near death to thriving and the biggest part about it is is to i'm i'm talking about and preaching of the things that i had to learn from Back in the day, I didn't open up as a man talking about my illness. Back in the day, I didn't go get support that I probably should have to learn about this illness. Back in the day, when you asked me what was wrong, I said nothing. <laughs> so now it's kind of like the mental part of it is really huge because 
that I had mentioned earlier, how mentally strong that I feel that I was at the time. I think I just grew even stronger with this disease because it, it just taught me a lesson to where I could still be me and people are going to appreciate me no matter what I tell them what's going on with me. So a man speaking up with, about this is something that I've noticed that the community was in need for. As yeah. soon as I stepped out. Very, <laughs> very. That's why when I feel I was like, oh, I have to reach out and touch this subject because it brings this up because I did an interview with a female lupus warrior. But to be a black male, a black male lupus warrior for you to advocate, um, that that resonated in my heart. I thought that was outstanding that that was so uh when you say clap your hands and cheer and scream and salute salute you, that's why <laughs> What advice do you have to somebody who is newly diagnosed and what advice do you have for the people who are going through a really tough time with it? First, let's start with somebody's advice for a newly diagnosed person. And then I'll, uh, when you finish that, we'll go to somebody who just driving through it right now. The biggest thing that I would push for that newly diagnosed person is education. You need to educate yourself about the disease that you were diagnosed with. Then you need to educate yourself beyond that. The medications that are used for treatment, the therapies that are used for treatment, the do's and don'ts, the foods you do eat, you don't eat, to, to live your life and, and, and kind of not in a nutshell, but enjoy it. But at the same time, be careful and moderate, do moderate things that you can only do with your illness. Then you have to understand your body on how lupus is affecting or whatever disease is affecting your body. Because if you don't understand a feeling, a symptom, a pain, you need to look into it and then of course consult with your doctors. Don't ever think that this has been happening for two weeks in a row and it's, it's still happening, but it's nothing. I was that guy. And next thing you know, I'm in kidney failure. Next thing you know, I'm failing on this organ, I'm failing in that organ. You don't, we, we can't do that newly diagnosed. If there was, if I knew what I know now, back then the game would have been totally different. But of course you don't. This is why trials and tribulations are out there because God puts you through these paths to walk through to, for you to learn and for you to try to get through it. But newly diagnosed, you guys, whatever it is that's ailing you, you need to pay attention to it and you need to speak up on it, speak about. Okay, uh, what would be your advice for a male? And I know, let's, I'm going to be actually direct with my, what would be your advice for an African-American or minority male? Because you already face everything as an African-American oh. minority male. Plus now- also Okay, so B, first of all, I would sit them down and tell and, and and input this word in their brains, the word acceptance for one. Okay. First of all, us as black men, us as minority, we wake up already with challenges. We wake up every morning. First of all, we wake up because we black. We wake up dealing with outside society and everything that's going on in this world against black men and minorities. Some of us now wake up with an illness. So with those things right there, you already got a tough day. So what I would advise from the person there is to speak and open up to others, other male figures that you find that are somewhat going through the same similarities and ask them, how are they going through it? That person's way of going through it is not going to exactly help you your way, but what that's going to do is that's going to spark your brain to figure out a way that's going to help you through your own way. 
but now you're getting a path that you're going down a path now that somebody has been doing and they're doing okay from what you see, but you are not that person. You are your own individual. You have to take your surroundings, bring it all together and figure out how am I gonna beat this every single day? You gotta have the mental state of doing it. It's a mindset. If you don't have that mindset of looking into doing that, it's gonna be tough, but it's, it's not gonna be easy at all. You know, again, as young men, we are futures. We are the future and we need to, you know, be around to do that or at least carry a status that we got through the worst and my life is good right now. Your life doesn't have to be the best. Your life can be good and that's good enough for everybody around you. Oh man, that was awesome. That was, uh, that was awesome, bro. I love mm-hmm. that and how you said it. I appreciate that. I'm so happy I got to capture uh, that advice. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say or you are, I do want you to, uh, to shout out your mail with this world where they can find you and how they can find you all that before I see before I certify you as well, is there anything else or that you want to say that might help somebody or a topic maybe that I didn't bring up that I thought we may have hit that you can give advice or say anything? No, the main thing is, is that we, we just all need to take care of our own health. You know, I, I have a way of saying men's health matters everyone's health matters. It's just that men's health is sometimes put a little bit on the back burner because we as men don't talk about it. The subject is there. It's just that we need more brothers to speak up. We need more brothers to to know that you've gone through life, you know, being the success that you are, but what hindered you along your way? That's the story that inspires younger guys to to try to make it in everything that they're doing. Again, you're, you're at this big house, big cars, money, you have all this, you have all that. What is that if you don't have your health? You know what I mean? So it's just the only thing I would put out is what you did put out. And I thank you, first of all, for bringing all this up and putting me on your platform because um, it's it's just word that needs to get out, B. That's it. To me, it's really important uh, that people hear this, especially coming from a person that's different reading a book or uh, even they have textbooks on this or brought just to hear somebody who's actually going through it and has thrived through it and is saying like, I'm not saying it's all peaches and cream and strawberries, right. butterflies and rainbows, but in order to see the rainbow, this is what you have to and need to do. This is my favorite part of my podcast that I love and the people might think it's corny, but for me, this podcast was something birthed out of the same type of situation in the fight. So this is the part where I get to certify you and it is one sick B. So I one sick B certify one sick B want to serve you and it as a strong, I mean certify you as a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, great and battle that life throws at you without warning. But Evan, you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. So I certify you one sick B and Emmett, where can they find you at? The male of this warrior, what are your contacts? They can connect. Well, first of all, I received that from you. Thank Thank you. you. Received and taken. Um, Everybody can find me on social media. Uh, On Facebook, you can find me under my name, Emmett Henderson III, as well as Male Lupus Warriors on Instagram. 
at Male Lupus Warriors, Twitter and LinkedIn as Male Lupus Warriors. You could also email me. And brothers, I recommend you want somebody to talk to, somebody to just, you know, hey, put out which, what you're going through or put out what you're thinking that you think no one's listening. You can email me at warriors at gmail.com. This is why I interviewed him, you guys, because he's so open and honest and willing to give out any information to help somebody else succeed. And there's not that many people like that for him to have email contact. And yes, feel free to please email him. Don't suffer in silence when there actually is somebody who can do it. So here at 16B, I would like to thank Kings and Queens and go follow me on Instagram, Facebook, 16B Podcast. And Emmett, I'd like to thank you today for coming. And also, anything else, I'm going to close it out. Yeah, I'd also like to mention too, as well, is that I did expand in regards to males and, and overall lupus awareness through an organization that I am part of called the Lupus Dream Team. And with that, there's two males with lupus doing the same thing that I'm doing. So not only you get one in me, but you got my other brother that's on the East Coast, name is Dion Langley. We have an organization, we're doing the same thing. So you could also find us on social medias at the Lupus Dream Team. So there are ways of doing it. It's just that we just need people to reach out, reach out and touch somebody and reach out and learn something. We reach one, we teach millions and that's how it should be. So yeah, putting it out so there. Anybody knows somebody or you know somebody that has lupus, uh, just give them his information in his, uh, his Instagram just so they can go on there and look. And they might not be able to verbalize to you the things that they're going through because you might not understand or you might empathize with them, sympathize with them, but they know that truly indeed at the end of the day, you don't understand them. So again, thank you, Emmett, for being on One Sick Beat Podcast and God bless. God bless. Thank you. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war Every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war